What is shaken, Fire Nation? JLD here, and I am excited, no ecstatic, for April 2016's income report. We have a lot to talk about today, but number one, what we like to talk about first is the income at a glance. So our gross income for April was $222,919. Our expenses were a cool $81,000, and that's actually uncool, but our total net profit was $140,925 for a $77,000 increase from the previous month. And again, as I teased a little bit, Fire Nation, we have a ton, a ton to talk about today. A lot of cool things happening this month. But first and foremost, I want to bring on my co-hosts, Josh and Kate. What's going on, guys? What's up, Fire Nation? Hey, Fire Nation. So we have a ton that we're going to be talking about today with the trio, myself, Josh, and Kate. And as always, we're going to start with Mr. CPA on fire himself, Josh's April tax tip. And I'm going to preface it a little bit because it's three things you didn't know about sales tax. So Josh, again, say what's up to Fire Nation and then take it away. Hey, what's up, Fire Nation? Back here for another month. And John, to start this off, I have a little bit of a confession for you. I love taxes. <laughs> All right. I don't necessarily love paying them, although that does mean you made money. So that's not so bad either. And I don't like telling my clients when they owe a lot of taxes, but I love the game of taxes. I love creating a strategy to, to, to get them as low as possible. And I love just going through that whole process with clients. But there's one area of taxes that I absolutely despise and that is sales tax. And recently, EO Fire ran into this issue, right? Because you started selling the Freedom Journal, and it created potential sales tax liability for you. So as we went through that process, we thought that it would be a great time this month to talk to Fire Nation about sales tax. And with that, we have three tips or possibly three things that Fire Nation did not know about sales tax. So you ready to dive into that? Let's dive on in. All right. So number one is you only have to collect and pay sales tax within the state that you have nexus. So that settles it, right? We can stop there. (laughs) So no, of course, a lot of people are scratching their heads saying, what the heck is nexus? All right. It's basically a fancy word of any state that you have a physical presence in. So for most people, for most entrepreneurs, most of Fire Nation, All that probably means is the state that they live and operate their business in. Okay, so quick example here. You live in California. You sell a product. Your business is only located in California. What this means is you only have to collect and pay sales tax on sales within California. Okay, so you could be selling all over the United States, all over the world. The only people you have to collect sales tax from and actually pay that sales tax to are people that are located within California. Okay, so that's actually not so bad. For a lot of people, this, this process isn't too difficult. But there's a whole other group here, and this falls especially true for Amazon FBA sellers, so people that have their inventory fulfilled by Amazon. And the reason they run into trouble is Amazon actually has warehouses in 14 different states, and you don't get to control where that inventory is stored. Okay, so if Amazon takes all of your inventory and puts it in all 14 of their warehouses, guess what? You now have Nexus in 14 different states, plus potentially the state that you're located in. Now, all of a sudden, you have to collect and pay sales tax to everyone who purchases within those states. So now we're talking about a whole new ballgame, right? Whole new ballgame. 
Yeah, exactly. And that, that's kind of what we ran into the freedom with the Freedom Journal, right? You were selling on Amazon. And little did you know that your inventory was being sto- stored in Indiana, Wisconsin, and all these right. other states. So it's, it's a huge issue. And it's especially true for e-commerce sellers and even more importantly, Amazon FBA sellers. Okay, so you have to figure out where you have a nexus. And nexus could be as simple as where your inventory is sto- uh, stored. All right, so t- tip number two is... If you do have Nexus, you're probably going to have to go as far as registering your business in that state. Okay, so it's not just as simple in most cases saying, okay, fine, I'll collect the sales tax in Indiana and pay them sales tax. In order to collect and pay that sales tax, you have to actually register your business in Indiana. Okay, so if you're an LLC, you have to register in, LLC, in Indiana as a foreign LLC. All that means is you're actually located somewhere else. But because of sales tax responsibilities, you have to register in Indiana. Okay, if that's sounding like a little bit of a pain, it, it, it definitely could be. All right, but this is something you have to absolutely get right. And in order to collect and pay that sales tax that you're required to collect and pay, you're probably going to have to register your business in these states. Can I break yeah, in for number two real quick? Please do. Yeah. So can you maybe just talk quickly about some of the costs associated with that? Like, what does it look like to file um, or to register your business in another state? Yeah. So the first thing I will say is it's probably not something that you want to do yourself. Um, it can be a pretty confusing process. Um, it could be as simple as hiring LegalZoom to do it for you. Um, it could be that you hire your attorney or your CPA to do it for you, but you're definitely probably going to want to hire someone to do that for you. Uh, cost-wise there, you could be looking at anywhere from 500 to to $1,000 in most cases, I would assume. And then the states themselves will also charge you a fee for registering there. Uh, most states, we're talking a couple hundred dollars or less. Places like California, you could be talking as much as $800. So that's, that's a good point. And there, there are certainly costs involved here. Uh, so you, you want to figure out exactly where you do have to be registered and only register in those states that you do have to be registered. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm just thinking because like, like you said, with what we ran into with the Freedom Journal, I mean, 14 states times a couple hundred dollars, like that adds up quick. Exactly. Yeah. And, and maybe some of those states don't require you to register there, but you're going to have to do your research and figure out which ones do. And you're probably talking a good chunk of them that are, that are going to make you register there. So it's, it's definitely a good point. Number three, and this, this will be what kind of ties this all together here, but TaxJar is your best friend. Right? This is a company that I found when I started having clients getting exposed to these issues. And all they do is handle sales tax for you. And it's, it's really hard to find people that will give you a good opinion on this and help you with it. Uh, it's, it's something that a lot of CPAs are being discouraged from helping with because there are so many gray areas so this. There's not really too many concrete rules. But if you go to TaxJar, TaxJar.com, what they can do is sync up directly with either Amazon or your shopping cart or whatever you're using to collect these sales. And they can pull those sales tax that you're, pay, that you're pulling for each state, pay them directly to the states themselves. They will give you information on what's required for each state. So if you're saying, okay, fine, I have inventory in Indiana, Wisconsin, Ohio, New York, they're going to tell you how do you register with those states, what the process is, whether you need to pay them monthly, quarterly, yearly, and they'll even go as far as doing that for you. Now, of course, they're, they're going to charge you a fee for that. But my guess is everyone listening to this right now, if they haven't already been doing it, they're saying, oh my God, how am I going to do all, all of this? And honestly, TaxJar is by far going to be your best friend. And that, that's, that's what EO Fire is using for the California sales tax we have to collect, right? 
So there's a lot of things that people might be saying to themselves, wow, like, is it even worth it? And I think it's something that you really do have to think about, Fire Nation, because the reality is this. Physical products are great because they do set you apart. I created the Freedom Journal because I really wanted something that people could hold in their hands and just be proud of, and I I love that. And there's just something really cool about that process. But we've talked about this in the past. There's a reason why digital products and communities are just so awesome because you don't deal with this stuff. So you really have to weigh the pros and the cons, and there are definitely pros and cons to digital products, and there are definitely pros and cons to physical products. You just have to weigh them and see what is best for your business. So Josh, kind of sum this up for us. What's the big conclusion here? Just to throw a little bit more confusion before I do that, some states are even going to charge sales tax on digital products. To sum this up, you need to talk to a professional about this. You need to find if you are exposed to sales tax and if you are, how you can get it taken care of. Because if you are supposed to be paying it and you're not paying it, you could run into a lot of issues. Well, Fire Nation, all I can say is once again, you have to weigh the pros, you have to weigh the cons, you have to consult professionals like Josh and other great CPAs, potentially lawyers in some situations to make sure that you are doing things right in the right order. So again, as always, you can check out Josh at cpaonfire.com. You can email him, josh at cpaonfire.com. Josh, give a final farewell, any kind of last words or a call to action, and of course, your, your free course. How do we get that? Final words, if you think that you may be exposed to this, get on the site tax jar. They're going to give you everything you need to know. Uh, you can look up more information on me at cpaonfire.com. If you have a few questions on this, I I can definitely answer some general questions. You can hit me up at josh at cpmfire.com. Love it, Josh. Thanks for joining us again today. We'll catch you next month, my brother from another mother. So Fire Nation, we're going to continue talking about what went down in April because, again, a lot of things went down, and Josh did a great job explaining the sales tax and tax jar, et cetera, but we're going to really get specific for a minute about why we're pulling the Freedom Journal from Amazon and only selling it at thefreedomjournal.com. There's very specific reasons for this. I'm looking forward for Kate to dive into this. So Kate, take it away. Josh's tax tip really says it all. We posted about um, figuring out about sales tax, how we kind of came up on this. In our last income report, it was our lesson learned. Like we've talked about it quite a bit. And it's because we continue to hear from Fire Nation that, you know, they're interested in this. They want to know about this too. As Josh mentioned, there are some blurry lines here. And so it's really tough to figure this stuff out. Um, for example, you know, Josh directed us to TaxJar when we figured out that we were going to have to connect our accounts and that TaxJar could really help us with that. And after connecting, you know, we connected Shopify and that was all good. It was pretty easy because we know for a fact where all of our inventory sits that comes off from our Shopify site. Like that is concrete. But we connected our Amazon account to only to find out that Amazon had placed our inventory in all 14 of their states. Um, and again, as Josh pointed out, Amazon can put your inventory wherever they want and they're not required to tell you about it. And to add to that, you can't request or tell them that you don't want inventory in a certain state. Like this is up to Amazon to decide. They're going to decide it. They don't have to let you know about it. So um, that was quite the shocker and a very uh, interesting lesson to learn that just through connecting our Amazon account on TaxJar, just all these states started popping up and um, you know, weighing the pros and cons on our end, John, you mentioned, of course, there are tons of pros to physical products. There are some cons too. 
Um, in addition to having our trusty CPA, Josh, do a lot of homework, um, you know, we've officially made the call to pull the Freedom Journal from Amazon. So what exactly were the pros and cons? Like, how do we actually make this decision? It might be different for your business. I mean, I'm speaking here from John and I's point of view personally for EO Fire. This might look very different for your business. If this happens to be or if something similar to this happens to be one of your biggest streams of income, then it could be a totally different story and a totally different list of pros and cons for you. For us, this is not our largest stream of income. So when we were looking at some of the pros and cons, some of the pros were being able to leverage Amazon's platform. That's awesome. It gives us increased visibility and uh, the potential for increased sales. And we found that we actually were able to get some better shipping rates for certain countries on Amazon. So that was a plus too. But the cons, again, as Josh said, having to register EO Fire in potentially 13 additional states, uh, the 14th being California, which we were, were already registered in, um, we were going to have to be performing ongoing maintenance and checks on sales tax in those states. So tax jar is amazing. It automates a huge part of the process, but that doesn't mean it's totally hands off. There's still a setup process. There's still maintenance that needs to happen. Um, and all of that wrapped up, like we're still not even 110% positive that we're doing the right thing because of these blurry lines with Nexus and do you have to register? Don't you have to register? Do you have to pay sales tax? Don't you have to pay sales tax? Um, so after weighing the pros and cons, and of course, taking a look at the hard numbers, numbers don't lie. We simply found that our sales on Amazon versus the sales that we're making on the freedomjournal.com it just doesn't even compare. John, do you remember like the exact percentage that we had looked up at the time that we were chatting about this and said like, maybe it is time to pull it? We were at about 90% freedomjournal.com sales. When you look at the hard numbers, I mean, it just made sense for our situation and for where we were at with the Freedom Journal and with our overall business to say, you know what, let's pull it from Amazon. Um, We're done there. And, you know, we're rocking it over at thefreedomjournal.com. So Fire Nation, as always, none of this is meant to scare you from creating products, services, both digital and physical. It's meant to just let you know what we've experienced, the pros, the cons, the mistakes that we've made, the successes that we've had so that you can make the best decision for you going forward. So moving on, we're going to talk about a couple conferences that Kate and I attended and a couple that I spoke at as well in the month of April. The first one we're going to talk about took place right in San Diego called Funnel Hacking Live. Now, this was a great conference. It's thrown by Russell Brunson, and he just has a great team. They've created ClickFunnels, and they just have some great stuff for entrepreneurs in every way, shape, and form. Casey can get into some details about what specifically we use when it comes to ClickFunnels and why we really wanted to attend this event. So San Diego conference, it really calls our name because when it happened in April, we were local. So just a quick little drive down the five, boom, we're at the event having a blast. There were some great people that were there. We brought some friends. We met some more friends there. It was just a great event, a great environment overall. We actually even took a little yacht out into the San Diego Bay that some of our friends had rented. So we had a really cool few days just enjoying Funnel Hacking Live as a conference. And there were some great takeaways as well. Kate actually wrote down Russell's formula for success, which she's going to go through in a couple of minutes here. But first, Kate, why don't you kind of give a little vibe to Fire Nation about what you thought about Funnel Hacking Live? And then, of course, let's get into Russell's formula for success. 
So this was really my first exposure to ClickFunnels and Russell Brunson, other than the joint webinars that we've done together and, um, you know, just checking it out online, of course, because we have been using ClickFunnels for a while, not at full capacity. And I was really anxious to attend this event because I knew exactly what I wanted to get um, out of it. And I will pause here and say like, that is so huge that if you're attending events, if you're going to conferences, really sit down and think about what you want the outcome of that to be. What's the reason you're attending that event? What's the reason you're investing your time and your money into that event? That's very, very important so that you don't end up going to an event, spending a ton of time, investing potentially a lot of money in a pass or a ticket or whatever it might be. Um, and then leaving just feeling more overwhelmed than when you got there. So for me, I was uh, really anxious to see Russell live and in action. And oh my goodness, he did not disappoint. Um, he's just exactly like he is on webinars. He's got so much energy. Um, he's just such a humble and um, kind and energetic person. Everything that he talks about, I can like, I really just feel it straight from the heart. Um, he's very easy to connect with. He's an amazing storyteller and man, he was just dropping value bombs left and right from stage. And John, it was so cool when he shouted you out and like when he was talking about making book sales from podcast interviews, like how cool was that? It was pretty awesome. I mean, there were a lot of people at this event. There were like 1,100 people who were in the audience. And he was up on stage. He was talking about his dot-com secrets book. He was saying some different ways he used to market. And he got to podcasting and being a guest on a lot of podcasts. And he said, and oh, by the way, have, has anybody heard of Entrepreneur on Fire? I mean, that podcast is like the bomb. In fact, I think JLD might be here. John, are you here? And I stood up and like he said, give John a huge round of applause. Like he made so many book sales, like 850 book sales from just one podcast. He said it totally blew me away. You know, we've since done many joint webinars, et cetera. And it's just been a blast. So I kind of blushed a little bit, stood up and everybody, you know, kind of like turned in their seat awkwardly to like look at me and like to clap. So it was cool. It was, it was a little funny and I definitely blushed. Uh, I think Kate got some of it on Snapchat too, which is always fun. And, and overall, uh, the event was really cool even you know, if I hadn't got that shout out, but that was kind of like the little cherry on top. Well, it's funny because after that shout out and you stood up like in the next break, there was just a line of people to come like say hi to you. And <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. Um, but okay, back to what I really wanted to get out of this event and why I was so excited to attend is because like I said, we've been using ClickFunnels for a while now. Um, but we have not been using it to full capacity. And I knew that being at this event, being in the atmosphere, hearing Russell, hearing his amazing guest speakers, seeing people talk about ClickFunnels in action and what it's done for their business, I knew that that would be my kick in the rear to finally get this going, to start using ClickFunnels to its full potential like I know we should have been for a very long time. Um, so immediately following the event, I moved free podcast course, free webinar course, over to ClickFunnels. And ever since I've been kind of just transferring like chunk by chunk, I've been using the Scrum method. If anybody out there is a Kate's Take listener, you've heard me talk about Scrum. Um, I've been Scrumming and basically moving chunks of our free courses, our opt-ins, our thank yous, our webinar pages over to ClickFunnels. Um, and it's a process, you know, it's taken me a long time. And, you know, this is living proof that you might be excited to implement something. You may have purchased a new software, a new course maybe, 
Um, but until you start taking action, you're not going to be reaping the benefits of that thing. And that's certainly been the case for us with ClickFunnels. So I'm very, very excited, very anxious um, to see it all in action. Um, anxious really to have everything transferred over it, over to it so we can really start rocking it. But um, John, I'll whip through Russell's formula six, for success real quick. Um, because I thought it was very powerful. And the most powerful part about it is probably for me that it's not something brand new. This is something I've heard a million times. And it's probably something that everyone listening has heard a million times too. But that's why it's so powerful. Because until you start taking action on like the most simple steps, we overcomplicate everything. These steps are so simple and it's literally the foundation of your business. These three steps will help you go from nothing to a business. You just have to do the work. So step number one is to find what Russell calls a hot market. Who are the people in the hot market? Do your homework, study others who are already successful in that market and figure out a way to do it better. So step one, find your hot market. What do you want to do? Who are you going to talk to? Number two, ask them what they want. Start building an email list and then send them an email and just say, what do you want to know more about? Then when you start getting responses, create a table of contents using the responses that you get. Again, this is straight from Russell. This is his formula for success. This is so wicked smart. Like you ask people what they want, they tell you instead of just saying like, oh, okay, and then going on to the next response, create a table of contents. What are the most common asked, commonly asked questions that you're getting and what are the topics that come up most frequently? And then step number three, last but certainly not least, give it to them. Just do the work. You just found your market. You just asked your ideal customer exactly what they want and they've told you. Now it's time for you to create it and give it to them. So I hope that even if you've heard this a million times before, just like me, that you will take action on it because the most successful entrepreneurs don't just say that they follow these steps for the fun of it. Like they actually follow these steps and that's why they have a successful business. Okay, that was a great wrap up as always. And Fire Nation, I definitely want to give a strong call to action right now. If you want to learn more about ClickFunnels, I have a completely free masterclass that Russell and I did for you, Fire Nation. You can check out the replay over at eofire.com slash click. That's C-L-I-C-K. So head over to eofire.com slash click and you can check out, I think it's like an hour and 45 minutes of gold going through ClickFunnels and just building funnels and emails and all these great things. It's such a valuable class that we just have up there for you. So go check it out at your leisure, eofire.com slash click. And again, Russell's formula for success, find that hot market, ask them what they want, give it to them. Don't overcomplicate things, my friends. Keep it super simple. Kiss, keep it super simple. Now, there were two other events that I went to in April, Kate joining me on one of them, and the other one I went solo. The first one we'll talk about uh, happened in San Diego as well, and it was Social Media Marketing World. It was actually the third year in a row that I was asked to speak at Social Media Marketing World, and I do have to admit it was my favorite year yet, because with over 3,000 attendees, the founder, Michael Stelzer, moved it to the San Diego Convention Center, and he set it up gorgeously. I mean, it was amazing. And every year that I speak at Social Media Marketing World, my favorite part is the two-hour happy hour that they hold for the speakers that's right before the opening night party at the USS Midway. 
He brings in the best speakers from around the world, and to get to just hang out with them in a relaxed environment for two hours is something that I truly treasure so much that Kate actually had never been to one before, and I made sure that she got a guest pass for this one, and she enjoyed it to the max. We had great conversations with Michael Hyatt, Lewis Howes, Dan Miller, Dory Clark, Rory Vaden. I mean, you fill in the blanks. The speakers were there, and we got to just hang out with them on a great patio overlooking San Diego. It was just an awesome, awesome time. So you definitely want to check it out. One of the big things that happened in social media marketing world that I found really cool and validating was that Snapchat was definitely all the rage. Everybody was talking about Snapchat. Everybody was Snapchatting. That has, by the way, never happened before. So it kind of validated my big focus on Snapchat. So if you're not following, following me, by the way, Fire Nation, super simple eofire.com slash snap. That'll take you right to my profile. Do that on your mobile phone because Snap's a mobile app. And you'll be able to follow me right there because I give daily rants. Call them the JLD rants. And I have a blast. And now that I'm down here in Puerto Rico, it's uh, it's pretty fun to be able to be on my balcony over the Atlantic Ocean having a great time. So definitely check it out, eofire.com slash snap. My personal presentation went really well. I spoke about how to increase your audience email and engagement through podcasting, had a great audience, had really cool people that were there. They said they really got a lot out of my talk, so that was awesome. And if you're thinking, hey, I really feel like I want to attend a conference in 2016, there's one that I'm going to recommend right now. It's Agents of Change in Portland, Maine on September 23rd. Chris Brogan and myself are the opening and closing keynotes. Kate's in the lineup. It's going to be a great conference. There's no better time to be in Maine than September. So look it up. It's Agents of Change Con, that's C-O-N dot com. And if you use promo code FIRE, you're going to get a killer discount discount. Plus, again, it's a small conference. You're going to get to hang out with me, Chris Brogan, Kate, Rich Brooks. We're going to have a blast. Uh, The next event that I went to and actually was the opening keynote for was Young Entrepreneurs Convention, which is out in Des Moines, Iowa. Brandon T. Adams is the founder of this event, and it's the first time that this event was put on. Uh, If you recognize the name Brandon T. Adams, he was a crowdfunding expert for the Freedom Journal Kickstarter campaign. So he is a hustler. He knows what he's doing, and he's a rock star. And it was a blast. I mean, Kevin Harrington of Shark Tank was a closing keynote. I had never been to Des Moines, Iowa before, so that was a ton of fun. I loved the people, the area, the vibe. It was all a win, win, win. And for a first-time event, I mean, Brandon just absolutely crushed it in so many ways, shapes, and forms. So I really think this is going to be something he builds off of just going from strength to strength. And if you're an entrepreneur in the Midwest, this is a must-attend event, my friends. You're going to want to check it out. It'll probably be sometime around... April or May of 2017, they'll be doing it again. So get up on that email list. So guys, that was a couple of the conferences that I went to and uh, spoke at and had a blast. Of course, you know, Funnel Hacking Live, I was an attendee, which was cool because it was like laid back. Social Media Marketing World, I had a really great session, which was fun. And Young Entrepreneurs Convention being the opening keynote is always a blast for sure. But I do want to kind of bring this back to Are you taking the time to network, to engage, to meet people in person? It's so key. It's one of the best things I did back in 2012 when I launched EO Fire, going to Blog World in New York City. It really launched all the relationships that I still have today. Now we're going to shift a little bit to another topic, and we're going to talk about season two that was launched on Kate's Take, and she has this season all focused on creating systems, which you all know Kate thrives and excels on. So Kate, why don't you take it away and talk to us about season two of Kate's Take. 
So yeah, season two launch on Kate's Take all around creating systems. I'm so, so, so grateful to all of my Kate's Take listeners who tune in twice per week to hang with me and get a little behind the scenes of the way that we work here at EO Fire. Um, the first season, John was on goal setting and that ran all of January and about a week into February and season two on creating systems just launched at the beginning of April. And, um, as we're recording this, I'm actually heading into the season finale, which is pretty crazy. Um, but I've really, really enjoyed doing seasons on the podcast because it allows me to be super focused with the content. And I really think that my listeners appreciate that. I feel like, it creates a lot more momentum for them because we're sticking on one topic for an extended period of time. And it also helps me more efficiently create that content because at the beginning of a season, I'll have mapped out like 10 or 12 episodes, exactly what I'm going to talk about. I even post it on a single page um, to where like you can go and you can see day one of season two, you could see every episode I was going to publish for all of season two. So it's been a really cool switch for me. If anybody tuning in is feeling like you need to get systems going in your business, then I highly recommend season two. Um, and you can check out everything that we're talking about in season two on Kate's Take at eofire.com slash season and the number two. Check it out, Fire Nation. Kate drops value bombs galore. It is definitely worth a listen. And what we're going to shift into now is April 2016's income breakdown. We're going to start with the product and the service income, which was $199,000, highlighted with the Freedom Journal, did over 37K. Podcasters Paradise, over 22K. Webinar on Fire, 3300 Our podcast sponsorship income was a combined $133,000 for March and April. Podcast websites was $2,750 to round out the majority of our revenue for products and services. Now, affiliate income, we did $23K and a big one for us this month was Davis Eitman Garland's Create Awesome Online Courses. So you definitely want to check that out. Uh, we did $2,305 with lead pages. 2511 with Ramit Sethi zero to launch and all the other affiliate income that we generated is at eofire.com slash income 32. Now when you're running a business, there are also expenses and let me tell you, EO Fire has its expenses, $76,000 worth. And again, if you want to go to eofire.com slash income 32, you'll see them all there. A couple of the big ones were merchant and bank fees. You get a pay to play. That was $2,300. Our cost of goods sold, meaning shipping, et cetera, of the Freedom Journal was over $5,000. And again, you can check everything out at our income report. And our total net profit for April 2016 was $140,925. Definitely happy with that revenue number. And I'm definitely happy with the biggest lesson learned because this is something that I know that Kate has been working on hard for a while, and I'm excited for her to break it on down for us. So our biggest lesson learned in April, or my biggest lesson learned, I should say, is around speed of implementation. Uh, so I feel like this has always been one of John's biggest strengths, and it's always been one of my biggest weaknesses. I way overanalyze things. I have a million questions about them. I'm wondering what's going to happen once I do it. John is like, let's do this yesterday. So about five months ago, John and I purchased a domain. 
The domain is citiesbysound.com. And we also snagged the Twitter handle, the Instagram name. We even submitted a trademark request to USPTO. So we do have a little TM on here. Um, so this wasn't the first time that we had discussed creating a business around our passion for travel and history and our strengths of writing, storytelling, and producing quality audio. And we talked about this a bit in March's income report in regards to our move to Puerto Rico. The number one question we get when we say that we're moving or now that we're living in Puerto Rico is why? So this wasn't, again, the first time that we had discussed creating a business around travel, history, writing, storytelling, and producing quality audio, but it was the first time that we had actually done something about it. Since John and I have done a ton of research on what it would actually be like to travel the world and create something out of this aha moment that we had in Prague two years ago, our aha moment was why is there not somebody creating audio walking tours of the world's greatest cities? When we went on our two-week trek around Europe, we found maybe a handful of walking tours and only one of them was just like blow your mind amazing. And it was the one that we listened to in Prague. Um, so the one thing that we knew for sure is that whenever we did decide to start this adventure, doing audio walking tours of the world's greatest cities via cities by sound, uh, that our home base would not be California anymore. If we're going to do this, then we're going to go all in. So five months later, after we bought the domain, after we snagged the Twitter, after we snagged the Instagram, we are now living in Puerto Rico and Five months, I mean, that's kind of crazy to take your life and your business from one location like California and completely transport it to Puerto Rico like they're not neighbors. You guys all know this. <laughs> so that makes Puerto Rico our new home base and a launch pad for an adventure unlike any other we've ever been on. And I cannot express enough how excited we are for this. Um, for the first time, we are actually location independent entrepreneurs. I mean, we've been location independent for a long time, but you know, we were sticking in California, which we love and miss so much already for many, many reasons. Um, but we've finally given ourselves a space to explore new parts of the world, including the Caribbean. And we're excited to uh, jump over to Europe and beyond in the coming years. So, uh, John, I could not have done this without you. Um, your speed to implementation, five months. Well, actually, gosh, let's think about the timeline when I moved to Maine. When you left in June or May, well, June 2011, and then I moved in November. So that was just about five months too. What's your deal with five months? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so Fire Nation, even though this scenario that I'm talking about, um, cities by sound, doing audio walking tours of the world's greatest cities, this might not resonate with you at all. It might not be your thing. You might not even like traveling at all. But the lesson learned here is that until you start taking action and you take the first step to make whatever it is you're trying to do a reality, you're going to stay in the same place, doing the same things, feeling very comfortable, but never actually 
making the change that you want to see in the world, never actually impacting other people through your work. So if there's something that you've been waiting to do, but you're not doing it, speed to implementation is so important. It's been such a huge lesson learned for me, and I am doing my best to get better at that every day. And I love the quote you shared here on the Income Report. The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. That's the reality, Fire Nation. But the second best time is now. So whatever it is, don't just sit back and say, oh, I wish I had done this two years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. You know, that's just hindsight. You know, that's just spilt milk. So take action. Start something today. Get out of that comfort zone. That's where all the magic happens. I looked back over my life, and since I was 18 years old, I haven't lived in the same house, the same four walls, for more than 24 months. So I kind of get that itch every couple years to shift a little bit and to try something new. And of course, this was a very big shift and a brand new adventure that Kate and I are enjoying, and we can't wait to explore Puerto Rico, fall in love with the people, fall in love with the food, fall in love with just the location and the nature. We already have family trips planned. Kay's family's coming out in May. My family's coming out in June. It's just going to be fun. It's going to be different. It's going to keep us on our toes, working hard at what we do and at what we love. And that's what we want for you too, Fire Nation. So until next month, make sure that you keep your fire burning because I want to make sure that you, Fire Nation, are prepared to ignite. Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. If you want some behind-the-scenes intel on how I'm taking EO Fire from a seven to an eight-figure-a-year business, all from my living room, text EO Fire to 33444 and ignite.